Blog Talk Radio. He ain't living in his car no more. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. show you are once again live in the war room brought to you by war room sports on the war room sports podcast network i'm one of your hosts i'm the bull death and i'm at the war room round table with my brothers we got jimmy the blueprint in the building we got b austin in the building look man america is back there was a mass shooting every day last week and the police are shooting black people in the streets y'all know what it is man everybody's back i guess everybody's vaccinated but we're gonna talk sports so of course uh, we got Fred Purdue on deck for some more NFL draft talk. So sit back, relax, bust it up with the crew once again. But, of course, you can get in on the conversation by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. So make sure you call in. That number is 323-410-0012. Whether you're live with us or not, we just got to remind you that during the week, anytime we're not live on the air, you can still check out archived episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, either on our website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. There's no excuse to miss an episode, man, because we're pretty much everywhere, so make sure you don't miss an episode. What up, brothers? Uh, what, what, what were y'all thoughts when the Derek Chauvin verdict came down earlier this week i think um i think it's the uh the highest form of symbolism that one can achieve in uh mm-hmm. in, a, in these in these americas same page uh, which same page me, which which to me is symbolism at this point is an insult whether you intentionally mean to insult me or not because at at a certain point if you have somebody leaning on somebody's neck it shouldn't even be a question as to whether they're going to face what he's facing. Like, that's a foregone conclusion. But how are you changing the systemic racism? How are, you, how are you changing the white supremacy that permeates these institutions? How are you getting the Ku Klux Klan up out of the police forces across the nation? How are you taking the 5% of evil police and the 5% of good police, if that's even a thing, and the 90% that's in between and giving them the training that's necessary for them to actually be preventative in, 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 in these communities because that's actually the definition of policing, right? What we have isn't police. What we have is people that enforce the, the penal code and, and, and chase after people. How often have you ever seen a police officer prevent crime? How have you seen them right. prevent crime? They don't prevent crime. They show up. Yo, don't get me started, yo. No, but but relax. listen, like I, there was a lot of black celebration um, after the verdict, and I, I really didn't understand it because it seems like 
you know, if we get one thing to go in our collective favor, it's like we forgot about the last 500 things. And like you said, to me, it was just another form of symbolism because at this point, I don't even trust the intentions of anybody who claims to be trying to do the quote-unquote right thing for us. And, and you know, and some people look at that yeah, as know. being cynical, but what have they proven over the hundreds of years that we've been in this country to make me feel otherwise? You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, think about it. You talked about the systemic part of it. Five minutes after the verdict came down, another unarmed black teen was shot in the streets. And then there was another one, you know, a few days later. So it's like, okay, this dude is facing time. He hadn't even been sentenced yet. So I don't know, you know, the celebration is a little premature as is. You know, we know he's going to do some time. Is he going to do the max time? I heard the sentencing guideline. I heard the sentencing guideline, and I'm going to just ask y'all, like, not even – I'm not even trying to be, be funny or here, but how much time do you think, based on what you saw him do, how much time do you think he should get? Based on what I saw him do, he should get the maximum of what he can get, and I believe that's like no, 40 no, no, years. No, 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 I, no, I got you, but but what is what should that maximum be in your mind? An eye for an eye. <laughs> 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 Yo, dog, the, guy, the sentencing guidelines, based on what he got, he's not going to do more than 20 years. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, and that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like the, I think the celebration was way premature because we don't even know what they're going to give him. Parison, and, and you know what we're always comparing it to, if it were us, come on. Like, it, it's probably going to be a slap on the wrist in comparison. If he gets 20, you know, people might still be happy, but you know, if he gets twenty, he's not even gonna live out his he's not even gonna live out his natural life. He's not even gonna live out his natural life in jail when he knowingly put his knee on somebody's neck for nine minutes while people were recording. So he gave no fucks whatsoever. Yo, yo, yo yo, Jim, he said if it were us, if it were us, we would have we would have been dead on that day. It would have been us. He caught seventy nine bullets. Pretty much. I, Boy, and, and shout out to man Neil, who's in the, um, in, the, in the chat room, because we talked about that earlier. We talked about it a couple of days ago, and she was saying, you know, Minnesota, they've, you know, they've been convicting these dudes, and the name that came up was the, the, the black cop that shot the white lady. But, you know, I had to kind of tell people, like, well, you saw what he looked like. He looked like us, so he was going to be used as an example no matter what. You knew his ass was going to jail, so I don't really count that one. This one, I'm and I'm hearing people say it afterwards that's justifying my 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 suspicions. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I couldn't watch the trial, so I don't even know the makeup of the jury. But my thing is, I still think there's a contingent of people out there who wouldn't mind using this guy as an example, just so they don't get their city burned down again. And then we heard some conservatives on Fox News saying just that. The, the day, the night of uh, the verdict, saying, look, you know, I might not agree with this verdict, but I don't mind the verdict because I don't want my house, you know, I don't want my block, my neighborhood looted again. I'm like, damn, I was just. I don't like, agree I with the verdict. verdict. I don't agree. I don't agree with the verdict. What, what don't you agree you with? Know, he, basically said, you he, he basically said he doesn't mind the verdict, even if there are parts of it that he that he doesn't agree with as long as his neighborhood doesn't get looted again. So I know what they worried about. 
throw this dude under the bus. The funny thing about this to me is, like, y'all, folks out here still trying to, like, um, get other people to, to see their plight or understand that they're being oppressed or understand yeah. that their yeah. life matters. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, what are, what are y'all going to stop, man? Like, why do you keep expecting yo, things? Like, yo, we got we got people I love. We got people we love headed back to America. I'm like, no! Don't come! <laughs> no! Turn around! Hey, away! <laughs> Ask the pilot to do a UB. <laughs> listen, man. Listen, man. Listen, man. All I'm all I'm saying is like this is this is what it is, man. But you know, um, it's it's just tough, man. It's it's, it's tough living. It's tough living. Um, I don't even want to say in this country because guess what? This is a This is a world problem, bro. They treat they treat. It's um, a, it is it is a global it is a global, but but we in the epicenter. Jim, and the thing that always gets me past apathy because, you know, at this point, we like young, we young OGs, we young old men. So we don't really, we, 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 call, we, we shake to this. But I, I, I always go back to how this world and these people, these troglodytes, how do they view my son? And and I can oh, always right. empathize and get some measure of compassion and some measure of do something, though I probably don't want to because I don't think it will end up doing anything in the grand scheme of things. Because <clears throat> how I can't in good conscience not try and make this world for those that I've sired and are coming behind me. But Yo, man, I ain't thing, got right? no hope. This place is hopeless. No. Oh, crazy part is like one of my man. favorite <laughs> verbs of all time. Right. Yo, it, yo, it's like it's really simple, man. Just to treat treat other people well. Problem is, most of us, it's, it, it, most of us humans, man, don't get that because a lot of us are selfish. Um, you know, we operate from a place of scarcity, so we don't understand that it's enough on this earth for everybody to live a great life, right. but. You know, we we feel the need to put people, you know, um, beneath us, man. So it's like, it's sad, man. It's sad, but again, like when you you, you sound like a communist. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not even talking about from an economic standpoint. I'm just talking about this from a real standpoint. Like, there is just from a I mean, social. It is what it is, man. Everybody needs somebody to step yeah, on. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody needs somebody to step on, man. Like, yo, people out here just evil, bro. Like, and the crazy part is. This is what happens. You spend so much time online. You just see. You see how evil it is. You see how and evil the world even is. Even people that you think, even people that you think, you know, think one way. If, if when certain stuff happens, you see their real reaction, bro. It's like, ooh, <laughs> y'all nasty. Shout so, out to Derek I mean, Jackson. That's, that's the only. That's the only You're evil. <laughs> that's the only thing about <laughs> You see people. You see people's true colors, man. You know what Treat I'm saying? that woman. Treat that yeah, woman like LeBron, that. Man. I just want to give a shout out to LeBron, man, because Le- LeBron, the white wing is coming after LeBron neck, yo. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. They definitely are, and it's a damn shame. But look, man, um, like I said, America's back, man. Um, there was literally, and that's not an exaggeration, there was literally a mass shooting every single calendar day last week, and there were two more police shootings that we know of <laughs> after the the verdict that came what, down what, that had what everybody was the ethnicity, uh, What was the ethnicity of the shooter, if you don't mind me asking? Just just asking. Just curious. Of which, which shooter? You watch Golden? You watch of which shooter? Of the, uh, the mass shooters. The mass shooters. 
Oh, I, I didn't actually get all of them, but, you know, I do what I usually do. I just cross my fingers and One pray they're not black. I was about to say, I usually just cross my fingers was. and pray that they're not black. But this world, like Jim said, the world is so evil, man. These days, it, it don't matter. Man. Everybody spaz out and take it out on other people before they kill themselves. Yeah, man. So a lot of people don't want to die alone these days, so they go kill people for no reason and then kill themselves. Cowardly shit, you know. All right, but let's get into these hot topics, man. We got uh, Fred Perdue on the line to talk a little NBA, NFL draft. Excuse me. Um, hot topics are brought to you, of course, by my bookie. Uh, War Room family, you know what it is. It's time for you to make some money sports betting at my bookie. If you still haven't checked out my bookie, then, you know, I don't know what's wrong with you because you're supposed to do what we say. Um, so place a bet. Lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports by joining us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your loot. You get it fast. You don't get hassled. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after you find out that Coach Popovich is at it again, and he's resting all his good players without giving the league any injury excuses. Join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, WARROOM, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. Yo, Pop, Pop, he don't care, man. He got fined twenty five grand for just giving dudes the day off and not even saying they were injured. Like, Pop don't even care about lying no more. <laughs> <laughs> Pop, like, man, F y'all. All right, man, so let's get into a couple of minutes of NFL draft talk with Fred Perdue. We got Fred Perdue on the line with us, our uh, college football and NFL draft consultant. What up, Fred? What's going on? Fred, going on, Fred, you still want us sending our kids to these PWIs so they can uh, man, train in the bundles and maze and jump high and run fast? Hey, man, that's not how I run <laughs> fast and, um, uh, you know, they'll make a couple, couple million dollars in the NFL, but that's a different discussion for a different day. I mean, you know. Because that solves everything. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this uh, NFL draft, which is next week. As y'all know, uh, Fred has done a series with us for the last few weeks, and he'll do so leading up until that very first pick on the 29th. Um, today, for a few minutes, we're going to talk about – Best player fits. So, Fred, I want you to give me two offensive players and two defensive players who are the best uh, player fits in certain situations. And then I got a couple of more uh, topics that I want to hit on real quick. But uh, let us know about the uh, best player fits in this NFL draft. Best player fits. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball because we know everybody loves offense and scores points. Nobody cares about defense. And, you know, it's exciting. True. So, True. Uh, exa- exactly. Yeah. So, um, tight end is, is is a thing this year. Everyone's in love with the tight end. There's a wide receiver that's a tight end, and he's in a tight end's body. I'm not a fan, but, you know, it is what it is. So That's the Gator, that's the gator ball. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. You know, Kyle Pitts is a – he's a polarizing figure in this because there's such a huge drop-off at tight end. It's him, and then it's everyone else. Uh, but when I look at him, I look at a few different teams, one being 
um, a team that you support really heavily, B. Austin, one Philadelphia Eagle team that is about to lose a tight end, and well, you might need, you might be in the in the in the running for a tight end and a quarterback. You never know. But I feel like the Eagles need a tight end because they're gonna they have a young quarterback and a six six giant receiver tight end tight. You can split him out wide. You can put him in line, throw him in the slot. However you want. He's a matchup nightmare. Uh, and he's pretty fast. So give yeah, them and, a big target to throw to. And the tight end position, having two studs at tight end kind of saved the Eagles the past two seasons. Well, I'm not going to say two seasons because they weren't saved this past season. But that the season before when uh, Carson Wentz threw for over 4,000 yards and didn't have, a thousand, didn't have one receiver that had 500 yards, um, yeah, Ertz and, and, and Dallas Goddard were his guys, and he went to them over and over and over again. So definitely what, what important I, position in today's to, NFL. In today's NFL, it is it is crucial. It, it, it's, it's moving up the uh, the importance and priority board. But let me ask Fred this. Mm-hmm. You called him polarizing, and I've heard, you know, I've heard the differing opinions. And what what is it that you don't see in his game as it translates to the league, and what is it that you don't like? Is it because he don't block? I don't know whether he blocks he's, or not. I've never watched him, man. But what, what's your uh, issue? Not, uh, for me, he's stiff. Uh, I, I hear the the Gronk comparisons. I don't see Gronk whatsoever. Gronk is a is a unicorn in itself. Uh, but when yeah, I see Kyle Pitts, I, I see a guy that you know he they force fed him the ball, so he has inflated numbers. He's a really fast guy on with shirts and shorts on, but when you throw the pads on, I don't see that blazing 4-4 speed. Uh, he has good hands. He's a matchup nightmare, but I'm not throwing. You don't see him. He's not going. He's going up against a guy like a, let's say, a Richard Sherman, a Marlon Humphrey, the, a Jalen Ramsey. He's not bullying those guys. He was bullying guys in college because they're 5'10", they're 5'11", or those linebackers that are extremely slow, and it's a matchup nightmare. Or God forbid it. Uh, so, so, tight, so, uh, so let me give you let me give you another name. Let me give you another name, mm-hmm. another name. And this guy didn't certainly is not in the same league as Grump, but had a good career. Vernon Davis. I like Vernon. I actually like Vernon Davis. I, I actually did like Vernon. Davis. Very good. Right. Athlete. I'm not saying you didn't like him, but but. But is yeah. that comparable? Uh, I'm talking about for those of you who don't don't know. Can I call my grandmom's uh, big brother? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call him. Ver- I wouldn't call him Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis was a complete freak athlete. Um, Kyle Pitts is just different. He he's really tall, but he's really athletic. You just don't see that combination of guys. I, I can understand where people get the Gronk comparison. Gronk's like six 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 seven. Kyle Pitts is about six five, six six. Uh they're both very fast, but Vern, Vern, Vern was six three. Vern was six three. Exactly. Okay, and, so you lose and, and So Kyle Pitts isn't blocking a soul. Uh the difference between no, a yeah. a Gronk a Gronk Gronk is like your six when even once he got older, he became like your sixth offensive lineman. Or no, 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 Gronk, in no, no. Gronk Gronk's blocking is grossly underrated. Like because the average oh, fan doesn't pay attention to blocking, they no one knows that Gronk is one of the better blocking tight ends in the league because he can catch the ball. 
But I know, yeah, he's a great blocker. I don't see that in, in Kyle Pitts. But, again, I haven't seen enough game film on him. Um, I don't know that I, – I don't know whether he's stiff or not. Pause that. All I've seen him do on highlights is seam routes where he's running by linebackers. They loft the ball over. Good touch. He catches it, and that's that. He has a great catch radius. Can he mm-hmm. can he run option routes seven yard dig no. seven yard no. out? No, no, okay. that's not his game. His game is more that's... of a he's more of a, for me he's a safety blanket, a guy that can be a red zone threat. That's where you really get the value for him. Well, Brett's calling him a bump. Brett's <laughs> calling him an athletic bump. <laughs> Fred got that Florida bias though, that Miami versus Florida thing. Oh, uh, right, just a little bit we, of that. We talked about this dude for like I, the last three weeks, man. Let's go on to some other uh, player fits here, so we don't lose so my, the time uh, on my, this cat. My other offensive guy for me, and I've been a fan of him since, uh, really since Deshaun Watson had had him. In, or I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence had him his freshman year. Um, Travis Etienne, running back, Clemson. If you want he, his perfect fit in a perfect world, he dropped a running back. Around. Fred, a running back, <laughs> a running back. Yes, a running back. Yes. Um, for me, but you heard I what he said. Him, he, he said his perfect fit in a perfect world. He drops to the second round to this team. <laughs> well, mm, gotcha. Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne for this team will never go number three. So. Uh, for him to go to the San Francisco 49ers, everyone in the world, if you are a football scheme junkie, you also know that the Shanahan's run this inside-outside zone scheme, and it doesn't matter what running back you put back there, they're, they're going to rack up no. a thousand yards. Well, if you Yo, put a special back no, there. Their scheme is to offensive production for a running back, and Tony's scheme is to point guard. It don't matter what you exactly. It, yo. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Well, what happened when you put a special back back there, a Clinton Portis, a Travis Henry? Right, then you get 1,600 yards. And when exactly. you put a bum back there like Orlando's Gary, you get 1,100 yards. Exactly. <laughs> so Travis Etienne also added a little thing to his game that every running back should have. I don't care if you're a big back like a LeGarrette Blunt. Or if you're a small back, and I'll throw it back a little bit, like a Barry Sanders, you have to have this in your game. You have to no be fumbling. able to catch the football. That, and you should be able. Oh. You have to be able to catch the football. If you can't be a part of the passing game, uh, you will become a dinosaur, a la Adrian Peterson. This is what uh, Travis Etienne brings to that game because now he's a part of the play action game. And if he's in part of that play action game, slipping out on screens slipping out of the backfield on wheel routes. That where, that's where he becomes very valuable. And let's say uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still there. Let's say they take a guy, I hope they don't, but they take a guy like a Justin Fields in the first round. Uh, you have a mobile quarterback with a running back that you can pair with him, and you can disguise the limit. I hope they don't take Justin Fields, just saying. All right. So how let us about the defensive side of the ball. Give us two, two fits over there. All right, so defensive side. Of course, you know I have to address my team. I don't want this pick to happen. But if it does, perfect fit. J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. Um, The Patriots have two corners. Uh, J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore both are going to be unrestricted free agents. 
going into after next season. If you J.C. Horn is the most technically sound corner in this class. Patrick Sertain the second is a really good corner. He's the most athletic corner. He's the best uh, overall corner. But if you want a guy that's just going to fit into your scheme, do everything you ask him to do, he may not put up the big numbers, but he put he comes in and he's a lockdown guy. That's who you want. Well, what does Belichick always love to have? Doesn't matter where he's he's been from the time he's been with New England and before, he's always had a corner. Ty Law, Darrell Revis, Stephon Gilmore. You've always seen a really good number one corner. J.C. Horn is that guy. All right. Who else on the defensive and end? Last but not least, uh, I look, and of course you know I love my guys down at Miami, uh, so I got to give them some love. Jalen Phillips. Uh, his story is a little bit different, but just context with it, he almost quit football. Uh, he had con- concussions, injuries. He transferred from UCLA. He was like the number two player in the country out of high school. He's six five. He's like two sixty. He runs like a four five. Uh, he's a freak athlete. Um, but putting him in a on a team like the uh, Arizona Cardinals, where you already have a Chandler Jones already on one end. Now you add a ne- an extra book in on the other side, and he's not going to get double teamed. So now he's going to be able to add, to rack up some sacks. And he's a he's an athletic freak in a division where you have teams like Seattle. They don't have a left tackle. You have a team. You have uh, the Rams also don't have a left tackle. Other other teams don't necessarily value left tackle or can acquire those guys. Those athletic <clears throat> younger guys tend to beat some of these older left tackles. And more than likely, Chandler goes to the left side. Uh, Jalen Phillips goes to the right side. You have, I mean, you can't double team anybody. Perfect fit. Okay. Before you get out of here, Fred, I just want to ask you about two draft stories. First one, um, you brought up uh, – um, Justin Fields. So mm-hmm. what, what do you think his prospects still are now after, you know, the cat's out of the bag that he's dealing with epilepsy and trying to control that while being a top-level athlete? Is it a gamble to take him now as high as, you know, he's projected to go? First off, you know Bill Belichick put that out there, right? I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> you know Bill Belichick has. You know he had to do that. But um, no, that I mean it's 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 something serious. But you have to think he's dealt with this since he was in high school. He's dealt with this in college. He's been hit a lot. I mean, we saw uh, going again in the Clemson game where he literally <clears throat> got boomed, and he still came back and had the best game of his life. I mean, he's been playing. He's he doesn't play the typical style. He's more. He's a true dual threat. He may not run as much as most people want him to, but he's been able to play this game without having any real issues. And if these teams, their doctors say, okay, this guy really can can handle the, this, whatever's going on with him with the epilepsy thing, I think they would be the ones that if their doctors give that all clear, why not? Uh, and there's medication for that kind of thing. So if they feel the investment is worth it, why not? All right, and last thing, because you know, you know from talking to us that uh, uh, Philly fans take everything and 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 make it the most serious thing on earth, and make it you know if they don't like it, it's the the worst thing on earth. Um, what do you think about Eagles new head coach Nick Sirianni saying 
that he challenged some of the, the NFL draft prospects to a game of rock for scissors during their Zoom calls to test their level of competitiveness. Like he he would challenge them to a game and he threw in some trash talking to see who would actually, you know, click in, get competitive and go back at them. Of course, you know, Eagles fans, oh my God, who do we hire, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that's a big deal or is much ado about nothing? Or is it, you know... Go From ahead, the go. second I saw <laughs> your head coach, you know, I, I said, man, he can't even get through the the opening press conference. Without yeah, that press conference was sad. It was. I, I was just hoping like, he wasn't a great communicator. I'm like, maybe he's a great coach. Maybe he just can't talk. <laughs> uh, he is the definition of why. Never mind. I'm not getting into black coaches in the NFL because that's a whole different story. Um, it's going to be a crash and burn. I didn't like this. So I don't like it. Um, trying to get into the mind of a, of a, a prospect. Eh, I, I mean, you, there's so many layers to that. I mean, some guys like a Justin Herbert. He's an introvert. He's not going to talk to you. He's not the rah rah guy. But we saw what he did on the field this year. So using that as a technique doesn't always necessarily work. I mean, head games are just not my thing. Can the guy play on film? Does the film match his numbers versus his production? Does all of that stuff match, and is he a decent person? If he can be – all of those things match up and he's coachable, cool. Sometimes I think you got to know if your players that you might draft are bands or not. Most of y'all know what that stands for. But <laughs> – but uh, but we'll see. Like, I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, when I heard it, I laughed. You know, when I saw it online on somebody's page, I knew, you know, I threw a little meme at it to, to be funny. But mm-hmm. some people just aren't getting a laugh. Like, some people are really, really serious about their disdain for that story. And I'm like, everything is just not that serious. Um, you know, let's just see if he can coach on, on Sundays because, you know, who knows how much – uh, say he's getting into drafting these people anyway, man. But Fred, uh, you know, we appreciate your time. As usual, before you get out of here, let everybody know where they can hit you on social media if they want to talk about some of this stuff prior to you being back with us next week on draft night. Well, well, the start uh, you, of draft. You guys can catch me on Twitter, Fred Produce CSB. I'll be talking a little bit of NFC East uh, on Twitter. I got a, I got a team you guys might might think of. You might call me a little crazy, but there might be another King of the East, um, and it might be a team you don't expect if they actually draft a quarterback and they hit on. All right. Well, I mean, I, not really. That that division to me is pretty much wide open at this point. Yeah, so it is whoever gets the, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, if Washington drafts the right quarterback and they hit, you guys are in trouble. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, they won the division last year, but the division absolutely stunk. So maybe if they can actually get better and then they can, you know, go off that success, hey, maybe. I'm pretty sure every fan of the Washington professional football team already thinks that. Every time they win the division, they they literally tell people that they're about to go on a 10-year run. Um, yeah, I know. I on the know, division. I know. But, you know maybe, maybe they can go on a two-year run, get a mini run this time. Keep right, down the side of it, and you'll make me happy. Okay. Well, we, we'll holler at you next week, man. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Fred Purdue, everybody. Um, holler at him on social media prior to uh, next week's appearance. If you got any questions, uh, hit us up, and we'll 
bring him up on the show. All right, so, uh, yeah, NBA. Let's go to the NBA real quick, man. NBA Players of the Week, Steph Curry and Julius Randle. Both of these guys had crazy weeks. Um, I think the last time Julius Randle won the, the Player of the Week, it was one of those Player of the Week wins where you're like, ah, they really couldn't find anybody else. I guess somebody else probably got off, but their record wasn't good enough to get it. Uh, this time, well-deserved. Um, Steph, he put up 43.8 points per game last week, 5.8 rebounds, um, and he made 36 three-point field goals. He actually made, I believe, 72 or something like that over his last 10 games, but this was a four-game stretch last week in which the Warriors went 3-1. and one. Uh, Julius Randle averaged 35.8 points last week, 8.3 rebounds, 6.5 assists, while the Knicks went 4-0. and um, They're currently on an eight-game stretch, so watch out for those New York Knicks. Jimmy, the Knicks are back or no? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> the Knicks are back. They're playing better. I mean, the, co- the coaches, you know, got them playing well. Um, you know, he always mm-hmm. does that everywhere he goes, but then he burns out eventually. Um, <laughs> Crash and burn. Yeah, that's what he does. But I mean, when he when he first get there, though, it's lit. But you know, eventually mm-hmm. he, that that doesn't work that long. But uh, people get tired of working that hard. Randall, like it's just dope to see Julius Randall finally come into his own. Like it's mm-hmm. always been about like you know um the possibilities of Julius Randall being a good player. It's always about it, you know um uh, you, you see a lot of cats that are drafted right that have tools. and it's always about yo look what, what he can be in a couple of years. What he can be, and the next thing you know, their right. career is over. Right. He, like, he actually became a Kenby. And, and yeah, he came, yeah, so he came in with some bad luck. Remember, he missed his whole rookie season getting injured on, I believe yeah. it was opening night. He actually, you know, got into the regular season, got hurt on opening night, was done for the season. So, he, yeah. so you know, so I'm just he was behind the I'm just happy for the young brother. Happy for the young brother to see him playing um, as well as he's playing. You know I mean? Who knows how long it'll last, but this is dope to see. No he's doubt, no back doubt, back. no doubt. Um, and some news for, um, for B Austin, man, his favorite player, LaMelo Ball has been cleared for individual basketball activity. So he's not necessarily been cleared, you know, to play games yet or be back in the lineup, but he got his, uh, cast off his wrist is good enough to start working again and he might try to jump back. They, you know, I guess it depends on the Hornets if they're going to put him back in there and have him try to jump back into this rookie of the year race. That he was, nah. you know, dominating prior to him. Nah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad he got his cast off because I, it, when Anthony Edwards wins that joint, I don't want to hear any excuses. Oh, he was out. He was hurt. So I definitely want to get him what back in. What do you mean? In. Any excuses? Uh, he just missed the quarter of the season. Are you serious? You can't uh, find a publication. Come on, B. Don't be that dude. You cannot find a publication. You can't find an expert quote-unquote expert, a pundit, you can't find anything that won't tell you that this dude was head and shoulders the rookie of the year before missing all those games. It's going to be the same reason that they might not give the MVP to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid dominates every single night he gets on the court. If he had hit that shot last night, they would have just had to give it to him no matter how many games he missed. But, but come on, man. How many, Don't uh, be that dude. How many Don't be that dude. Uh, Anthony Edwards is a baller. Uh, Holland is. is a baller. But I know he is too. Dude, Don't be that dude. And I know they're yeah, one he, and two was, in the in the in the in the rookie of the year race. But what what? Up. How many games? 
How many games did LeVar's son miss? Uh, he missed enough. <laughs> He missed it. Like no, season. I just want to make sure. I, the problem thing. is, if he I'll missed all of those thing. games and he still win it, then what you're going to say? What the hell is rigged? Before, before, <laughs> of course, before he so misses games. There's no win situation for him in your mind. It's rigged if he win. And yeah. he, but, they but they if he, if he loses, it's it, it, all the way justified. But why would he win? They wouldn't give Anthony Edwards. They wouldn't give Anthony Edwards that. They wouldn't give Anthony Edwards that look for the same reason that the call came down not to hand Skittles man the ball on, on the goal line. Anthony you don't want that type never, of dude. He was never leading the race by by as much as this dude was, though. So there's still uh, something listen, there to to put him back in the race if the Hornets before, even put him back before in the Before the young they man got say, out you know, injured, it wasn't, it wasn't even a race. Before the young man got injured. Go ahead, Jim. My bad. I was saying before the young man got injured. Before the young man got injured, it wasn't even close. Like there was no uh-huh. year race. It was over. This is Skyview in the chat room. He said uh, Anthony Edwards really didn't. Skyview said Anthony Edwards really didn't capitalize on Lamelo's absence, though. Mm. What I'm saying is, if Lamelo doesn't get injured, there is no conversation about rookie of the year. Like the only reason Anthony Edwards has a chance of winning is because Lamelo got injured. I think I think I think they're going to find a way to give it to him, whether he misses misses a quarter of the season so or you, not. So you hedging your bet. You you preparing yourself? <laughs> no, I mean he sell he uh, all all attention is good attention, and he garners attention. He's an attention. He garners attention with the play though. His play, like yeah, still, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, because you can't use you can't use Levar. You can't use that excuse, man. Ball been quiet. He been mum since draft night, so you can't really use that. He garners attention. Yo, real talk. Only reason I watch Hornet games is because of Ball, and I watch them all. Like I said, uh-huh. like when people hear us talk, because you throw shade at dude, and we always got to defend him. I hope people don't think that we don't like Anthony Edwards because I I watch Timberwolves games to see the young ball, but. Like, come on, it, like the attention is for a reason. I don't think anybody, including myself, expected dude to jump into the league and be this good right away. So that's that's why I'm giving him attention. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. He's played he played 41 games. Uh, how many games in the season? They got about 14, how many games? They got about 14, 15 less in a 72 game season. Somebody do that math real quick. Wasn't really my forte. Um. <laughs> but nah, you know, you know, we we definitely had to we we had to troll be awesome a little bit anyway. Hey man, um, shout out so, shout out to Julius Randall, shout out to Steph, you know. <laughs> so it's some some more players are set to well were set to come back. Anthony Davis is set to come back from his injury tonight against the Mavericks. Um, there's uh, talk that there's been a setback, whatever that may have been. And James Harden's recovery from his hamstring injury, so now they're talking um, James Harden will still be out indefinitely. Um, so we don't really know what yo. that means. Uh, there's talk of LeBron yo, yo, coming yo. back sometime soon. So it's, like a, the, it's been a rash of injuries in this short season. But, yo, you know, we, I'm going to speculate and tell y'all, tell y'all what I think is, is factual. They let Bull – go to one of them weirdo uh, strip clubs in the Bronx and he went into the purple room 
and one of the young ladies put him in one of them compromising positions that you know you don't you don't get in certain positions when you got injuries. And you know he threw his back out and threw his hamstring. Figure four leg lock, pop that hammy again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know James Harden can't stay away, man. Um, stat of the week, man. This is interesting. Um, but I'm sure there's some context to it, and I, I, admittedly, I haven't you know looked up, I haven't researched the context. But Tony Snell, the Atlanta Hawks. He's 15 games away because there's, well, maybe 14 because I believe they played last night. 14 games away from possibly recording the second ever 50-50-90 season. You know, we celebrate the 50-40-90. He could be 50-50-90, but he could possibly be the first member of the 50-50-100 season because he's currently shooting 52% 52% from the field, 57% from three, and 100% from the free throw line. He hasn't missed a free throw since March 12th of 2019. Tony, Tony Snell goes to the free throw line about six times a year. <laughs> That's what I was about to ask. Like, how many times yo, do you foul Tony Snell during yo, a shot? He's, so yo, he's one, of these, he's one of these bulls that came into the league as a, I won't call him an elite wing player, but an athletic wing dude. And they told Bull, like, look, all that stuff you do in college, we want you to stand here in the corner, hit a shot. We want you to be cannon fodder against the big timers. When LeBron comes, you're going to stand in his way and, and get in his way a little bit on his way to 30, 20, and 20. <laughs> and that's his life. Like, that's it. So, Bull, when he gets the rock, he puts up probably about seven to eight threes a game. He goes to the rack. Once a game, he probably goes to the free throw line eight times a year. <laughs> Here, I'm going to ask you all this. How impressive is 50-50-100 going to be, or 50-50-90 if he doesn't get the 100? How impressive is that going to be when you average 5.5 points per game? <laughs> I um, knew it. See, I knew wait it. Wait a minute. 5.5 points per it. game, and you go to the free throw line. Point three times per game. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got so you. I'm gonna tell you. Hold on, hold on. It takes both three. It takes both three games to shoot one free throw. <laughs> it takes three games to shoot one free throw. Pretty much. More than, yo, more than three. Yo, a little over three. Yo, games I said he goes. I said he go to the line six times a season. At this rate, at the present rate, he will take twenty four free throws in the I, season. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you exactly. He is 11 for 11 from the line this year. Yo! So, so when no. I saw this stat, it sounded crazy, but I knew there was some context that would make you flick this stat off like my oh. FOH. Yo, Dev, he's on pace to take 24 free throws this season. He's on pace to take 24 free throws. He's on pace to take 24 free throws, and he has made 98. No, no, I'm sorry. He's made 56 three-pointers on 98 attempts. That, that's so, so a little more impressive. At least he might make more free throws than there are games. But, I mean, not free throws, three-pointers than there are games. But that's not a guarantee either. That's not a guarantee either because right now he's, he's making 1.4 three-pointers per game. So if his minutes 
go down anymore, and he's only playing 21 minutes a game, which which is not bad. Um, come on, like there's a lot of context I just behind think that. So will he I even qualify to be the first member of the 50-50-100 club? Because don't you have to have a certain amount of free throws to even qualify? I hope not. I hope not. He 11 for 11, man. Don't nobody foul Tony Snell. Those are probably technical free throws. <laughs> mm. he, um, he, averages, he averages more three-point attempts than, than free throw attempts. And, right. I mean, like three times as many. It's insane. Like, y'all can't believe we're spending this much time. Yo, basketball corny. <laughs> we only spending time because we trashing him. All right, but um, shout out to Tony Snell for no know, Tony for, Snell. Tony for, Snell, the boy that we used to make fun of because he looked like a beetle with braids when he was in Chicago, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of looked like an owl too. He had the, you know, he had that darkness the around his eyes, eyes, like like Coach Cheney. <laughs> yeah, the y'all dog foul, y'all. <laughs> Rest in peace to Coach Taney, man. But y'all know yo, don't say, yo, don't say, yo, don't touch, don't talk about the legend. Don't talk about the legend. Face, you start looking like the mascot because y'all can't tell me Coach Taney ain't start looking like an owl. Forgive me, forgive me, Coach. No, yeah, it, it is what it is, man. Um, Coach Cheney, Coach Cheney made Temple a, a HBCU. Quiet as kept Pretty much. by himself. All right, so that's our that's our stat of the week, man. Our quote of the week. This is what Jimmy alluded to earlier, man. How LeBron is getting um, torched by those people right now because of his tweet after the uh, the shoot the police shooting that happened after the verdict. Um, LeBron put the officer's name in a tweet and basically said, you're next, um, hashtag accountability. Now, Yo. all of the right-wingers are trying to act like they don't understand what he was saying because he was, you know, y'all know he was saying you're next as in you're going to be the next one to get a guilty verdict and go to jail. They're trying to act like he put a threat out there to him saying that this officer is next as far as, you know, dying or whatever. Yo, you know what they do. Can I just, let me say this, man, before we even go deep into this, man, like y'all, y'all know my relationship pause with LeBron. Yo, but I love Bull, man. And, and, and because, yo, for all the contrived stuff that he does, all the weirdo ish, yo, Bull about that, man. Yo, he, he, he about, yo, he about, he about a level of action that I don't think think we've seen since maybe Muhammad the Great. Well, I, I, gotta, I gotta instigate this a little bit, you know, because I know your relationship with LeBron. He did delete the tweet. Um, take that how you will. Uh, he's young, um, he young boy. He's he young former, boy, and the older he gets, the less likely he will be to delete. And and, and find him, it, when he retires, that, delete, that, that tweet is not getting deleted. When he retired, it's oh, yeah. all all bets are off. He letting his when hands retire and really nothing to lose. His legacy will be set. His uh his his money his his residuals will be set. Everything he's going to do after basketball will be set. Um, I, I, root, I, root, MLB, I root for LeBron. I root for LeBron in every aspect except for on the court. <laughs> yo, with regards to his grit, like yo, yo I, I want dude to live his best, man. Live your best, brother, because you you about that action, man. I, I appreciate both, man. But listen, 
This is the quote of the week, and it's from former MLB pitcher Aubrey Huff, and it was in response to LeBron's tweet. I mean, he's not the only one going at his neck, but he went at his neck a little tough, um, and it garnered a lot of attention. He said, hey, at King James, go F yourself for doxing a police officer for just doing his job. I bet if that was your son about to get stabbed, you'd be singing a different tune, you piece of S. You're a huge reason the NBA is down 80% in viewership within the last year. Then he put a middle finger emoji um, up at the end of that, end quote. Now, that was Aubrey Huff. Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this tweet to LeBron? And you saw the subsequent thread after this whole thing. So what do you think about this tweet and everything that, you know, those people – are saying to LeBron right now. Lenny Dykstra got in on it, FM2. Aubrey Huff was suffering from Roy Rage. Former Philly favorite, Lenny Dykstra, FM2. Yo, Lenny Dykstra, the criminal Lenny Dykstra. You know what I'm saying? was a long criminal record. Who he judging? Yeah, the thief. Like, come on, man. Thief and druggie. Thief and cokehead. Yeah. Uh, yo, yo, Brett Favre, yo, Brett Favre is out here talking trash, man. You pulled your Peter out to a young lady that didn't ask you. To, man. <laughs> right? Like, how do some of y'all even think you got the 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 green yeah, light? Man. So these dudes are out of like, pocket, man. Like, who you judging? Viewer, 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 viewership is down. We know that's due to that's due to COVID. But the NBA is about viewership to put is actually a lead. up right now. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's up for the previous year, so viewership is up right up now. From the, so his data is even wrong. No, no, no. But peep game though, they just put a lead on the continent in the motherland. That's all you got. That's, that that would be my literal response to both. Yeah, yeah they put a lead people, like people. Now his day. First of all, he had bad data. That's first. The second, he was going through void rage because he went and made like. Ten tweets about Brian, and like I'm like, why are you thinking about this man like this? Like, what is wrong with you, cuz? Like, <laughs> you're going yo, too much. Even, yo, even get your recessive, now, get your recessive genes out of here, yo. Yo, even when caveman will say something make me mad, like I'll look at the one John, then like I keep it moving. I'm not gonna sit there and spend time writing, writing tweet after tweet after tweet talk about another man, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Not to sound like Ben Dasher, yo, we from Harlem, man. We can't be keep talking about no man back to back to back to back to back. Like, what is he doing, cuz? Like, really, like, even if he made you mad, say your PC, yo, he kept tweeting about the ball. Like, you just want attention. Basically, you want attention. Um, You know what I'm saying? Which yo, saying, you know, it just, it shows, you know it shows what, it shows what ra- the face of racism looks like today. Because, again, Again, these people intentionally miss the point. Like, you can't be that daft. You can't be that stupid. You can't, nah. You are privileged and entitled enough to change the narrative, conversation, context be damned, and make it about what you want it to be about when you know damn well it's not. That, that's what, that, that's like literally the face of racism in these days and times. Like, like, damn what he took the knee for. Damn the fact that a, 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 a serviceman told him that that would be the best way to respectfully stand up for, damn all that. We're going to tell you. We're going to tell you what it's about. We're not trying. If that ain't the no, face of the oppressor, because, I don't know what it is, man. Come on, man. People, people, about it. Because people, people are selfish and lack empathy, right? So here's my thing, right? I can feel like something is wrong, but if, it, if I have a group of people that are consistently telling me they don't like something, 
right? Even if I'm like, yo, y'all tripping, ain't nothing wrong with me saying that. At some point, I got to stop and just listen to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's just having empathy and being Yo, like they've been listening. Like, they don't point, care. They don't care. You know what I'm saying? If I, if I, if, if, if chick tell me like, yeah, look, Jim, you got, you got, you I mean, you got to stop, you know, calling them my box. You know what I'm saying? At some point, if enough of them tell me that, I'm like, yeah, I got to re- reassess what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to call it a taco or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because at some point, you just got to listen. But they're they not trying to listen, though. That's the thing. And my thing is, I'm not pleading with him to listen, but this boy is out of control. He was going through Roy Rage, or maybe he's, like, in the closet or something because you, you can't keep tweeting at another man like that, cuz. So, yeah, the biggest, uh, the biggest position – the biggest, the biggest shift in position for, for, for me as an adult, young OG, old, uh, old head, young boy, young boy, old head, care what they think. We know empathy and compassion are never coming in mass. It will never be yeah. a part of their culture. So they don't even matter. They don't even matter. Talk. Amen. They don't even matter. Like we matter okay. and what, what we need to do to get ourselves economically viable, socially viable, familially viable. That's not even a word. I don't know what I – y'all know what I was trying to say. Like, <laughs> Be off and preaching, man. Yo, give, they, give me a cash. don't man. even matter. Yeah. They don't even matter anymore, man. So, listen, what what did y'all even Shout think out to about LeBron, man. the video of Micaiah Bryant being shot down by police? Because I've actually heard a lot of black people that's kind of like – I don't know if we could defend this one. You know, she had a knife and she was going to stab somebody. Um, what were y'all thoughts, you know, of the actual can I, can I, occurrence can I, can in I the video something? and what, you know, black, some black Yo, people are saying about this? I'm going to go in reverse and start with the black people and say that the, the, the saddest and most pronounced result of white supremacy on black lives and black psychology is the fact that we question ourselves and we're harder on ourselves and we're, we're, we're negative towards ourselves in the way we look at ourselves being less than, that we don't even start where the conversation should start, which is if the cop is running onto the scene and there's a 15-year-old little girl with a knife, that your taser should be out and not your weapon. Like, right. we, we don't even start the conversation there. We're comfortable but, but look, B, with dealing like, with the loss of life. Like, we hear that, but we've seen videos of them talking, negotiating, and pleading with white people that yo, got, like, machine guns in videos. We got one dude, we got a white dude sitting on a traffic stop with a gun in his lap telling the officer, if you keep touching me, I'm going to shoot you. Yo, and they're trying I to saw white, talk him down. I saw a white boy. I saw a white bull whoop a cop's a white cop's ass with a bat, <laughs> and this cop refused Yo. to shoot this man. Wait, wait, listen, listen. Refused to Is shoot this, this man a... with his taser. No, not his gun, with his taser. Oh, he refused. Do you, do you to remember the one him. where the dude was chasing the white female cop around and around the car? She's running Yo. from the bull. Like, yo, they would have been yo. aired us out by now. No, whatever yo. force he thought or anybody out there thought that he had to use against this girl, maybe to save the other girl from getting stabbed, four, four shots to the chest? Yo. Four shots to listen, the chest? Listen, That's listen, what it takes? Listen, we all, we all, we all men. Not a we tase, all of a not a tackle, age. not a. 
we all we all men of a certain age. We all dad. Well, Jimmy, you an uncle. Let's let's just go with with some common I mean, sense. Jimmy, I got a seven. I got so a seventeen. I think he got a grandson, but that's a different story. I got a seventeen. I got a seventeen-year-old daughter. If there's a problem between a seventeen-year-old little girl, a teenage girl, how y'all how y'all how y'all gonna handle it, man? How y'all gonna handle it? like like? There's no guns involved. There's some fisticuffs. Maybe there is a weapon. Maybe there's a knife. You as a grown ass, forty-something-year-old man dealing with two, three, or even four teenage girls. How's that getting handled? Uh, I, I don't see four to the chest being necessary in that situation. Four to the no, chest no, is no, ain't necessary. No, Listen, bro, like you I said, we come from, man. Taser, I'm, I'm, a tackle. A tackle. A pop a in tackle. the leg, maybe, if you got to use your weapon. A punch to the chest and the criticism mm-hmm. that will come with it, but a life that will be saved. Like, come That's on, my, man. Like, my, whole, yo. My, whole thing is like, my whole thing is like saving human life, bro. So it's like there's so many things wrong with that. Like, he just immediately jumped to that. Like, yo, he he yo, spun the like he was on 60... He's from the block. Yo, yo, Jimmy. Let it go. That's the most important point that that should come out of all. What you just said, I'm about saving human life. And there's so many things wrong with this and there's so many alternatives. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Like there's no way it should get to a gun in that circumstance. Sam. He didn't even try it, Tazem. I'm gonna spun the block like he was on sixty third looking for his op and just let it go. And I'm like, dude, I, I, like it's so it, it's so it's so many issues with that. You know what I keep hearing us, the, the word that I keep hearing us use, like, you know, no matter what, we're just still seen as a threat to them. I don't think we're seen as a threat to them. We're just seen as less than. We're ex, we're expendable. You know, you can dispose of us. We're not a threat. Yeah. Like half that the time. That wasn't a threat. That wasn't a threat. Half of the time, Black or life, I could say most Black of the time that we see. Most, that's what I'm saying. Most yeah. of the time we see yeah. these situations, these police officers aren't in a threatening position. I, I'm starting to think the word threat is starting to be thrown around as an excuse, and we're adopting it. We're using it. Like half of these situations, there's no threat whatsoever. Great point. Because Great most point. of the times it's happened, the, the people are unarmed. So, so where Yo, was the threat? Why, how was the cops threatened? No, Yo, which is Palmer, black. Palmer. Yo, hold up, though, hold up, though, Palmer. There's about 51% of these situations, cats are shot in the back, though. That's the, right. That's the crazy right. Yeah, you, yo, no matter what you got in your hand, you cannot threaten me if you are running away from me. You you feel threatened. That's why you're running. Yo, how you, yo, how you threatened, but I get clapped in the back? Like, come on, yeah, you so you so shook that you shoot me in the back. Come on, man. Like the one boy they caught on camera when he was like, oh, I, it's so many people at this point, bro. I can't even remember everybody's name. The boy that he had, uh, it was like in grass, and he was literally he was literally running away, and the cop just clapped him. Oh yeah, I think that was the South yeah, Carolina man. boy. Yeah, yeah but it, you know, exactly it's so many we just lose track, man. It, it's Wasn't crazy. Walter, Walter, something or another. Mm-hmm. Walter, something. Walter Scott, but, I believe. But, yeah, my man was literally, yo, my, my man was looking like he had a pump return. He was like, out. Cop was, was like, no. He was a threat. He shot uh, him in the back. Like, hey, come I don't on, get man. It. <laughs> listen, but I, I, you I, know, it's, it's, man, listen, man. I'm I'm done trying to convince them. They know what it is. 
They just gonna make it. It's, it's it's it's. I told you, man. Like it's crazy. This is it's everything. Everything has got to be on one side or the other. Like people just aren't reasonable. People aren't objective. And we we right. knew that when we started this show, people weren't objective or reasonable. But now it's like just in every part of actual life, people just see how people get down. Window. Yeah. Yeah, it's yep. like I'm either on you take side a side, side and, and you defend that side no matter what. And some of this, though, I'm like, even how the- is that even a side? Like, there's certain things where I'm like, you know, it's crazy that, like, protecting human life is a side. It's crazy that, like, we talk about this whole pandemic thing. It's crazy that, you know, we got to take a side on saving lives like you feel like your your rights are being taken away because they're trying to get you to wear a mask to save your life but you got to take a side on that like, they're, they're taking away my right like everything is crazy it's crazy yeah, man. everything's just taking a side but nobody's taking a side of humanity and none of this right it's all humanity be damned like you said earlier jim everybody needs somebody to step on so if it's those people if it's the people that i use as my stepping stone then no, you know, we don't we don't do humanity on around these parts. All right, so before we talk about what happened, um, why y'all wanna grind, man, we're gonna go to the phone lines real quick, man. These phone calls and we promise you these phone calls are gonna be two minutes this week because we gotta get up out of here. So uh we're gonna go to Rob out in Cali. Rob, what up dog? You got two minutes, my brother. We ain't gonna mean to hang what up. What up on dog? You. Get hung up on if you, if it's more than two minutes. So spill it. What up, Rob? Hey man, this is a bad time. All right, that's twenty seconds. Go in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. You can call back and see if we're still here, but we ain't gonna be taking calls is for she too much with, longer, is man. She with you? So you can try to call back. If not, hit us uh social media, chat, whatever. Wait, wait. Tell us what you wanted to highlight us about. Rob in the white girl's closet. Her dad just came home or something. <laughs> he hiding under the bed. No, Rob, yo, 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 put him on the line. Rob was in mid-white. He was white. <laughs> yo, yo, chick husband, yo, chick husband came home. Rob under the bed right now. <laughs> still trying to get the, still trying to get the call off. All right, Rob, we holler at you, man. Like, Jimmy said, chick husband. You mean chick dad? Um, ED, no EDP. No, I, see, I tried to, I tried to clean it up. I tried to clean it up for him, but you know, <laughs> no EDP. All right, man. Let's let's talk about what happened. Yo. this week while y'all were on the grind. Speaking of EDP, yo, yo, yo. Oh man, hold on. I lost my um. I'm pleased with that. But anyway, while you were on the grind, is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Here's what you got to do. You got to go to digitalextremetech.com or two, call 267-205-4203. Say, hey, yo, I heard this in the war room. Get you that special discount. You know what I mean? Get you a website. You know what I mean? And make sure you put all your stuff on your website. Don't just use your OnlyFans. But <laughs> these are the stories that happened when you were on the Grizz Naive. So, um, Rocket Scar, Sterling Brown, this young man was jumped outside of a Miami club, man. Like, you know, ass what about what about Rona though? <laughs> yo, not only was he jumped, yo. First of all, they said Boy ran up out of the club and ran up onto the wrong Sprinter van. He didn't know. He probably was drunk. The balls on the van had an issue with him running up in there. 
He had words with him, so they started going on him, even hit him over his head with a bottle. So they said it was a the altercation was serious enough that he needed immediate immediate medical attention. So he had to get like uh, stitches for deep and multiple facial lacerations. Now I heard one of his teammates did come out and and hold it down for him. Um, but the crazy thing is, B and Jim, they said, um, you know, the NBA, they're investigating everything because the, there's something in place that there's guidelines in place that prohibits players from going into bars, lounges, or clubs. I don't know if this uh, this has to be something new because we know players do this all the time when they're on the road or whatever. So this must be like you know, COVID guidelines that they can't do this while they're out on, you know, on the road. So he got in trouble out there, which highlights the fact that he was doing something that he wasn't supposed to be doing in the first place. So there could be consequences, you know, job related consequences towards that. But now he's out here with, you know, a bunch of stitches for facial lacerations, you know, got his ass whooped by some locals. It's crazy, man. (laughs) He's out there with them Zoe pound cats. You got yo, you, you, hey, listen, man. You're not you're not Aaron Donald. That's all I'm gonna say, man. Aaron Donald can walk around with no security because you know what I'm saying he lays <laughs> the hands of Zeus on face. He laid a violence game down. Shout out to Aaron Donald though, man. I guess we gotta say now that you brought that up, Jim. We gotta say that the dude um, is apologizing now because a lot of witnesses said Aaron Donald wasn't the one that whooped his ass like that. And as a matter of fact, Aaron Donald tried to pull his people off of the dude. Um, allegedly, but somebody laid laid hands on yeah. him, um, and Aaron yeah, Donald might something else happened. Aaron Donald yeah, might have threatened him with more violence if he kept this up. So he said, "I'm sorry, never mind." Aaron Donald, <laughs> Aaron Donald sent him a highlight of his, <laughs> sent him a YouTube clip of his highlights. He's like, "All right, never mind." Yo, and Kenny Smith, so, shout um, out to him because he's wearing a suit that looked like a sweater tonight. Um, <laughs> yo. Yo, turn the yo, TNT. Yo, yo, Kenny, yo, Kenny, Kenny Smith swears he's fashion forward, but he just forwards. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> so George forward, Floyd, like his right, knees his facing each other. Oh, right. George Floyd's brother came out and defended. <laughs> yo, George that Floyd's nigga's knees be rubbing in each other. Hey, yo, come on, man. Yo, George Floyd, his brother came out and defended the the Raiders for that terrible, terrible tweet they put out. Godforsaken organization, racist organization. No, I'm sorry. Um, so the Raiders put out a tweet that said, "I can breathe" with the date on it, um, the day of uh, uh, chauvinistic boys' conviction. And you know, it was kind of a bad taste. Like, what do you mean I can? Yo, breathe? I see what I you did. Everything's there. over. Everything's cool now. Yeah. Come on, man. There was so, so much. Yo. There was so many tone-deaf statements and tweets about that whole thing, man. Y'all see Nancy Pelosi go on TV and thank George Floyd for getting clapped. I mean, for getting killed. Like, she basically thanked him for getting killed. Nancy is female. Because, because just like, she said he sacrificed his life for justice. Like, that's murder. He didn't sacrifice his life for justice. He didn't run up in there and say, please kill me so so this can happen. Like, his life was taken prematurely unnecessarily like and it's like you know people maybe they're trying to say some positive stuff but before you go on tv before you do something public man you got to test it out Yo, they don't run this, they don't run this not, by people, yo. 
Run it, yo, Raiders. I know you got some black people in your organization because Raiders owner Mark Davis told everybody he was like, you know, it wasn't the Raiders. He's like, that was my tweet, that was my idea. I don't plan to delete it, but don't blame it on anybody else. But I'm like, okay, even if you're going, even if you're taking the bullet for somebody else, or even if it was really your idea and your tweet, y'all don't have any black people in the organization to to run it by, or some black people that aren't just yes men because they'll probably say yes to anything. Y'all don't have somebody, a black friend. You can't call LeBron. Like he's like, call somebody to see if this is called Whitlock. Because this and the Nancy Pelosi thing, Jimmy Wright, he probably called Whitlock. <laughs> he called Whitlock to make sure it was cool. Whitlock said, "Whitlock said, let that thing fly." Whitlock said, "His thing." <laughs> Yo, um. <laughs> Whitlock said, "I don't give a shit what you do. I don't like black people." <laughs> Yo, man. Yo. Here's a story for you, be off. And I don't know if you saw the story, man, but you know the uh, the boy who's a, a, a fake Eagle fan, the boy that be going screaming online, um, EDP four four five. EDP. And y'all know why I think EDP. he. I, y'all know why I label him a fake Eagles fan because, yo, your whole your whole shtick is gaining popularity off being upset when the Eagles do bad. So you basically need the Eagles to do bad to make your living. So like, come on, dog. You're not, I I never viewed him as a real fan. Y'all know I've always viewed him as a clown. But what did he do? What did the clown do? Yo, that that hate Borkers do do numbers um, by being a clown, and he basically uh, proves that humanity is stupid. Dude is a walking embodiment of how dumb we are as people. But no, but, but, but think well, about well, it. Well, like, do, whenever yeah. he does make some kind of headlines and gets on real websites, like this is what they're calling him, like Eagles super fan. And as an Eagles super fan all my life, that insults me, man. Like it really, it, that's really yeah. insulting yeah. to me because Agreed. he did. First of all, so he doesn't have a good year financially. He doesn't have a good year as far as views go unless the Eagles are doing something miserable. <laughs> Dev, I don't yeah. know how to tell you this. His name is a violation. Yo, hold up, though. I don't know how to tell y'all this, but um, it's a lot of Eagles fans, like, being in the city. A lot of them are worse than him um, in terms of being embarrassing, and they are Eagles super fans. So, oh, no. Um, but they, but they get know, mad, and they, out, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, when you have a stick. And your whole lifestyle depends on them being bad. Like, think about it. When the Eagles are doing good, dude don't get that much burn because people tune in to yeah. see him trash everybody. So mm-hmm. what does clown do, man? So anyway, what he's in the news for now is he got caught clown. trying to meet up with a 13-year-old girl. Um, yeah, yeah, clown and he, a pedo. Was, so so crazy part is the, the dude that set him up is a racist pig himself. But he pretended to be a young lady. EDP was in the young lady's DMs. He was way, yo. Even if even if you were talking to someone who is your age, yo, you you should be you should be violated because of them 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 tweets and inboxes you sent. He was wilding, yo. I'm like, yo, I'm like, I said, yo, I can't imagine the kind of yo. Thank God I'm not a young woman because first of all, you got Brett Favre sending you, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Peter Pitts. Did he, did he, 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 he breast Farb? Did he breast Farb with her? No, he was going to beat up with her and show her to Peter for real. And she, but, Yo, but he but was he sending knew, her selfies. He, was sending her he selfies. knew whoever he was supposed to be talking to was supposed to be 13 years old. So there was no excuse. Yeah, it was clear. That. 
it was clear. Like, he, wasn't he didn't know he was like, talking like, to a dog. dude, but he knew she was yeah, 13. Yeah, but it was clear. He was clear. It was clear that she like, this is my age. And he like, look, I don't care. I'm trying. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was trying to crack cheeks. But the thing is, like, yo, you was, you was just violating, man. I, yo, I can't imagine being a woman. Like, I, I, yo, a woman could do a, a major show. Or a little girl. Like, have women come with yo, have women come in and show the kind of stuff that men send in the inboxes, yo, because some of y'all dudes be wild. No, please don't do that. Take all that. All you need is eyeball them. Never mind. But, anyway. that, but 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 doesn't y'all seen this dude? Y'all y'all seen this dude before? Y'all know how corny he is? Like do you think he can get anything his age? I pretty much think if it's not for if it's not for pedophilia or 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 just self pleasure, mm. this dude probably a virgin. I mean, the value of yams at an all time low right now. So he probably could. He's an incel. He's an incel. Definitely an incel. <laughs> all I'm saying is, man, dude is dude disgusting. So hope, this this hopefully should make him go away. Y'all yeah, know this isn't his but first no. time being accused of this. This is his third time actually. He made a video last year. Um. You know, talking about y'all really think I would risk my life for some stuff that don't even got hair on it yet? And then, like, what what is he gonna say now? Because when they confronted him, his answer to every question was like correct. They pretty much asked him like, so you they they like you did double text here, correct? Knowing she was thirteen, he said correct. <laughs> then he said, so you initiated a conversation with a thirteen year old knowing she was thirteen. So once again, he says, correct. So it's like, at this point, you need to take the video down from last year, first of all. But, like, like dude is cooked this time. And, yeah. the, and the crazy part, like Jimmy said, yeah, he got cooked what, by somebody what, who don't have the best reputation themselves. So he, he, he the world is so crazy, he probably, the world's so crazy, he probably become more popular. Because that's just, that's just where we are. Like, his, his channel about the party. Yeah, that's where now. we are as a world. I don't, I don't even that think is true. this will. He's going to make more money off of it. I don't even think this will. Yeah, I don't think this will put him under. Man, Takashi like, about to go. So what, you're going to uh, have to register. Takashi about to go diamond with his next Pretty release. Much. He probably set, he probably, he probably set this up. This is probably all, this is probably all a rollout. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, he like, football season ain't here. Eagles ain't lit. I need something. But, I need some yeah. views. Clown ball. All right, what else happened? Yeah, so, not, Eagle Bear. Um, Burnham and Bailey. Yo, uh, Kobe, <laughs> Kobe's estate. Shout to Vanessa. We talked about Vanessa, how she turned into a, a straight savage. But Kobe's estate <laughs> will not renew the deal with Nike. Yo, she a business she savage. She a, a wife, a loyalty savage, you know what? And she said, because um, his 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 Nike contract expired on April thirteenth. Um, she basically said, Kobe and Nike have made some of the most beautiful basketball shoes of all time, worn and adored by fans and athletes in all sports across the globe. It seems fitting that more NBA players wear my husband's product than any other signature shoe. She is definitely down for Damn. the ball, down for the calls, but the. What they said was her reason for not renewing the contract is because ever since he's died, Nike has made his shoe very limited. And she also said they don't make enough product for young children. I can attest to this because trying to get back into the sneaker collection game a little bit, there was a few Kobe shoes that I had my eyes on. But since the the, the, um, inventory is so limited, 
all of the resellers grab them up real quick and those shoes that you could get if they were out there like they should be shoes that you can get for like 130 to 200 dollars are now going for like 500 dollars 600 dollars and even more because the resellers know that they can get that markup because the shoes are so limited and vanessa doesn't like that you know the fact that he has so many fans she wants his legacy to live on to to the point where everybody can still get a piece of that legacy and it's not breaking the bank for you so she's standing up for theirs but you know kobe had talked about making his own mamba brand before he died anyway so i got a feeling that that's where she's going to be leaning towards because she's all about his legacy and his fans right now she be holding yes, it down independent. <laughs> she definitely yes, she be holding is. it down Yes, she is, so. man. So those are the stories that happened this week while you were on the Grizz Naive. Before we get out of here, Dev, tell everybody what happened on this date in sports. Um, hopefully this date in sports next year is me getting an amazing pack from NBA Top Shot today. But we'll No see. doubt. I'm still in that rebound line as we speak. Um, and shout out Same to Skyview. Skyview, just reminding you, if you didn't know, the, the Sixers game just tipped off. I know when the Sixers <laughs> tip off, you'd be like, all right, I got to get up out of here. Um, uh, Toby. Everybody is in the lineup except for Ben Simmons. They've been, they were missing three starters last night. They starting to drop some games, so I guess everybody like, look, we got to play. But uh, this date in sports history brought to you by Sports the Book. Y'all know sports. That title is an acronym. Smart people only read the smart the sports. So if you're smart, you'll definitely read this sports book because it is one of the greatest sports books written, and I'm talking about ever. It's written by. War Room Zone, Jimmy the Blueprint. So make sure you go to warroomsports.com or sportsthebook.com. Get your copy. Read that. Holler at us if you, you know, if you got any questions on any of the chapters, any of the lingo. Holler at us. Do that. But anyway, this date in sports history, April 22nd, 1954, is when the NBA adopted the 24-second shot clock and the 16 foul rules. Now, they were tired of everybody holding the ball for six minutes and 20 seconds on every offensive possession. They wanted to speed some things up and get everything popping, and they ended up doing that this date in 1954. Now, this date also, April 22nd, 1876, was the first official National League baseball game. That game was played between the Boston Red Stockings, who beat the Philadelphia Athletics 6-5 to at Jefferson Street Grounds in Philadelphia. Shout out to Philly. Shout out to Jefferson Street because um, it's, a, it's a whole lot of stuff you can get on J Street these days, but it ain't baseball. So shout out to J Street. <laughs> um, and that's it, man. We like to give a, a war room salute to uh, these historical moments in sports. So it's time for us to get up out of chair. What's going on, Jim? Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. God bless and good night. For joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate all the support that we get from everybody. You know what I mean? Rob, I hope you're safe with that uh, husband or, or father that came home. You know what I'm saying? No EDP. Um, <laughs> Check out everything we do, content, any, anything that you know that happens with the War Room, you can find at the hub, which is warroomsports.com. My book, Sports the Book, will be found at warroomsports.com. 
com. That is the hub. So please, please, make sure you go to the site, take a look, and, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. I'm very proud to be African-American. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.